business, leadership, high performance, the journey. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. We have a fantastic episode uh, today, and I am super lucky. Uh, first of all, we're recording remotely today, so we're out in Bismarck. Yeah. Our, and a big thanks to DNN Cinematics for hooking us up with the podcast studio today. But I have four fantastic Bismarck lady bosses with me today. Woo-hoo! And we are <laughs> super excited to talk about, man, their journey through entrepreneurship, starting a business, um, how it's gone, successes, challenges, uh, big influences they've had along the way. So we are definitely going to have some fun today. We're going to keep it pretty conversational, and uh, we're going to dive right in with a tough question um, after we introduce everybody here. So my first lady boss straight across from me at the table is April Mettler, owner of CC's Physical Therapy. So April, thanks for hopping on here today. So excited to be here, Patrick. You're making all my podcast dreams come true. That's pretty easy. I haven't even gotten into it. Uh, next to my right here at about uh, one o'clock is Trisha Schlosser, and she is co-owner of Century 21 Morrison Realty here in Bismarck. So Trisha, thanks so much. Also excited to be here. So thank you, Patrick. All right. And actually today I just finished up a session with the other two to my right here. So we have Alex Lund and Jen Francis, who are uh, co-founders of Bismarck Sign Company. Super stoked to be here. Awesome group of ladies. <laughs> Excited to do this. Thanks, Patrick. All right, Jen, Alex, thanks for hopping on here. So we're going to dive right in today because uh, I cannot wait to talk about just the journey. And as everybody, uh, all you listeners that listen to the podcast, you know that that's really the big focus of this show is, you know, looking at high performers, business owners, whatever it may be, how in the world did they get to where they are? And as everybody knows, uh, overnight successes are never such. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a grind, there's a process, there's a hell of a lot of work that goes into it. So I'm going to start all of you with the first question is, what's the number one thing that you guys wish you would have known? Because all of you are multiple years into being business owners now. Mm-hmm. So what's the number one thing all of you ladies wish you would have known that you know now getting into entrepreneurship and owning a business? You know, quite frankly, there's a lot of things I'm glad I didn't know before I got into entrepreneurship because I think it would have been a little bit scarier and it I think it may have like deterred me a little bit into becoming a business owner. So I think the adventure of not knowing is a lot of what keeps the passion alive and also just like keeps you driving forward. But um, I think some of the things I wish I would have known, um, you know, it, it's not as glamorous as like it's out to look for. So if you're looking for glamour, probably didn't come to the right place. But um, I think there isn't much that I'm that I've, I've learned along the way that I'm unhappy about. So like, I, I don't know if I wish I would have known anything. And just so everybody knows, April is like the ultimate adapter too. Mm-hmm. So throw it at her, she'll deal with it, she'll figure it out. Like, yeah. yeah. So that's probably terrible advice, but that's exactly <laughs> where. <laughs> Well, and I can feed off of that a little bit because when you think about all the things you didn't know going into it, I guess what I would say is embrace the suck. And really, you you know that there's gonna there's hard work. I mean, and I love hard work. I love work. I love all those things. I want to create, you know, grow something. But really embrace the suck because without that, the success isn't as great. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I keep I tell my agents that I. 
taught before this, I told my students that, that there's never ever any growth without pain. Mm -hmm. And that no pain, no gain, you have all those cliches, right? But it's true. Mm -hmm. You have, and when I'm going through a moment, like now, <laughs> we were talking about it, um, that it's, it's not great. But I know logically that I'll get through it. But I also know that if I stay focused on those things that I can absolutely control, it's gonna be just fine. Mm -hmm. And I need to just embrace this moment in time and let it be what it is. And I, what can I learn from it? Mm -hmm. So that is just embrace it. Yeah, being a business owner is like the ultimate roller coaster. You know, and I, I think when you get to the point of where you, on every downslide on the roller coaster, that you know it's gonna go right back uphill eventually at some point, but as you're going uphill, you know it's gonna go back downhill again. And one thing I haven't mentioned is that all these ladies, their businesses I work with uh, through EOS, so we implement that framework, and day one I know one thing that we talk about is there's gonna be some pain through this process, there's gonna be growth through this process, and those things always go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. You know, and as a business owner, man, you really have to be able to adapt to that struggle along the way, but focus on the process. Mm -hmm. You know, focus on the process, the product will come. But well, we always forget to celebrate our success. Like, mm -hmm. we just, just sometimes you just get so focused on the negative of like everything you need to fix instead of, hey, celebrating when things are going right. And, uh, but I do have one, like, one silly thing that if, if I had to pick something, I totally agree with these ladies that um, everything that they've said, but reviewing my lease contract. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I would hire That's a, a good lawyer. Story there. Yeah. I would totally hire a lawyer. There's there was like these three little words in there that was just like almost like a blanket diagnosis. Like it could cover all of these things and um I had no idea. Read the I mean none of us had any idea. As a matter of fact, our insurance guy read it, had no idea. And then we had a hailstorm happen and we found out that that meant we had to cover it, not the not the building owner. And um replacing a roof on an 11,000 square foot building not really a cheap adventure. And uh, so I made myself this mental note, like we ever lease or do something like that again, I'm just having a lawyer. Like, yeah. Never you, on legal. Yeah, that, and I think everybody hits that pretty soon in their absolutely. entrepreneurial journey. Yeah. Yeah. Every, every small success, and there's lots of small successes, will eventually lead to a large success. It's just, you, like Alex said, you need to remember all the small ones because it is leading you in the right direction. It's a lot of work to get some of those small successes. So when you finally do get them, it's, again, you need to celebrate and you need to keep moving forward. Yeah, I can definitely say, you know, in working with businesses, I see that all the time. People really forget to celebrate successes. And I think the biggest, um, if you think cause and effect, the biggest effect of that I see that's really negative is people don't develop confidence in their business and in what they're doing. And then they lose kind of the, happiness of the process because you aren't celebrating those little wins because those little wins if you keep celebrating them it builds a confidence it keeps you going it keeps the momentum it even builds momentum and if you neglect to celebrate those things oh i think you get you get stuck in a mental rut and your your or whole organization can really get stuck in a mental rut i think I think one of those things, though, is that you do get in such like a habitual form of like survival mode, and it's not necessarily like as a negative connotation. Like survival is like we keep moving forward, like you did great, move forward, keep moving forward, keep moving forward, and like I get great gratification just out of continuously rolling forward. So I feel like celebrating successes feels like I'm holding a train up. So it is hard to just stop and be like, oh neat, and then like move on instead like, of just like oh, there's always keep going, let's keep going. So. Yeah, I just recently, um, uh, I was telling Alex and 
I think I was telling you guys today about, I just read the book Winning by Tim Grover here recently, and it's all about how hard chargers, especially business owners, athletes, are just wired for the next thing, the next success, you know, progress, progress. How can I get better? How can I get better? How can I get better? And it's so hard for other people to understand that, that mindset. And it's, I think Alex brought up, it can be such a positive, it can be such a negative as well mm -hmm. in people. Um, but yeah, definitely, it, it, it takes a different personality. Yes. To be a business owner, that's for sure. So. Yes. Yeah, you gotta be like partly crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit strange. <laughs> so let's back up, let's start with Alex and Jen. Uh, take us through the journey, high level of Bismarck Sign Company to where you guys are now. Bring us back to the beginning of maybe kind of where each of you started within the signing industry before you, because you guys kind of have a unique story of kind of journeying together um, to where you've gotten to now. We both have been at a couple sign companies prior to starting Bismarck Sign. Um, both in our own unique fields, I in accounting and sales assisting, management assisting, stuff like that. Alex more in the graphics world, sales stuff. And it's, you learn a lot of things that you like and you learn a lot of things that you don't like in when you work for other people. And us wanting to do something that has the personal feel, has the small business feel that is more in tune to our employees and our customers than a big corporate uh, feel like a chain. The, the most recent company you worked for prior to this kind of shifted more in the corporate direction. And I was kind of in the background being like, man, this could be done better, and this could be done better, and this could be done better, and the whole experience could be done better, and um, and just, you know, it's marketing. Even marketing could be done better, and, and um, things along those lines, or at least locally. And then we're also involved in the community. We have tons of friends in the community and wanted to be able to help and, like, do things more locally, you know? Friends, kids on sports teams, stuff like that, help with that, where, you know, ownership from outside of this area, probably not so focused on local events here. And um, so that was another big push, is we wanted to be the sign company in the community, which is kind of where we came up with Bismarck Sign Co. Um, that what better way to represent that we want to be known for being started in Bismarck than to be called Bismarck Sign Company. And oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was just gonna ask, you bring up a really good point because were both of you entrepreneurial, do you think, at the beginning? Or was it the things that you saw not happening in a more of a corporate type setting that kind of drove you in that direction? I want to own a patisserie on the ocean. Nothing <laughs> I, is I was that the first time she said that. Like, we, a rotisserie of like, chicken? <laughs> that, uh, I've always had the entrepreneurial, like, okay, what kind of business can I start? Or what can I do? And um, it just so happened that I accidentally fell into the sign world. And um, I'm very driven on, like, okay, how can I continue to move up this ladder? But also, I like to go to New York and um, San Diego and Chicago and the bigger um, metropolitan areas. And they have all these cool signs. And they have all, like, these graphics and things that... No, you can't find here and I was like why aren't the, why are those not in our community like I know we're old school out here but like come on this is super cool stuff and so I dedicated you know 10 years to trying to like slowly bring all of that to this area and talk people into the, just just let me just try it let's just try it and um and now when you have you know when you're a co-owner and you have control over that you can do even more and and um you know doing things like being involved with the International Sign Association and collaborating with sign owners all over the country and, and stuff like that has been didn't have the opportunity to do that before, and so now it's 
it's cool to do that. If I started all over again, would I be a sign lady? Probably not. But, you're, you're the sticker lady, aren't you? Or the sticker lady. Sorry, I am the sticker lady. <laughs> I got that. We started doing motocross graphics when uh, we were in college as a way to like to pay our bills in college and do something fun. We were racing motocross. So we got a printer and started printing graphics. And um, pretty soon, all the people, your clients are all your friends. And everybody wants a buddy discount. Nobody makes any money in this situation. You just spend a lot of time doing it. But uh, anyways, the little kids would see me at the races and be like, Mom, Mom, it's the sticker lady. It's the sticker lady. Can I get some stickers? <laughs> and uh, it kind of just stuck. And the funny thing, you know, fast forward 15 years, I had a gentleman come in and order some signs. And turns out he's the grandpa of the kids that gave me the name, the sticker lady. And they're from Montana. So I thought it was kind of the neatest thing that kind of came full circle. But Awesome. All right, Trisha, take us through Century 21. Marcy Realty. Okay, so I did not start out growing up uh, like most people saying I'm going to be a real estate agent. I don't think most people, until HGTV TV, <laughs> that did not occur. So usually people who get in the business are there, it's a second, third job, right? It, that they've been through other life experiences. It was never, ever on my radar. I went to college and got a double degree in teaching history and social sciences and ended up teaching middle school and loved teaching middle school. Last last age I thought I'd ever wanna teach, but really like them. They're a lot like independent contractors. Uh, and <laughs> I taught middle school um, and taught different role, or were in different roles in the Bismarck Catholic schools for eight years. And at the end of eight years, the last two of those years, I went back and got my master's in educational leadership. And by the time I was done, I had gone through a process, really, it was a good process. Uh, and I, I think back to it was just a time really that changed some things and how I viewed the world and just even just what I wanted to do with my life. Uh, so I, I said, you know what, I'm going to try real estate for two years only because my in-laws were in it. My father-in-law and his brother owned the company, Century 21 Morrison Realty. And I thought, you know, you know, how hard can it be to show houses and <laughs> drive around and go to closings, right? And, and uh, <laughs> oh, that's, that's the worst thing you could ever say. Is how hard can it be? How hard can this be? <laughs> yeah, right? I'm going to do this for two years, get us out of student or get us out of student debt. My husband had gone back and got his four year degree at the same time. We had two little babies and we were living in a little duplex uh, with a renter downstairs. It was our first home. And we just said, we can't do this anymore. What are we going to do? And at the time, the book, The Secret, was out, right? And the big secret, right? So I don't know if you remember that, but it was put it out in the universe and it'll come to you, yeah. right? So, which actually psychologically, there's, it makes sense, but it's not this magic thing that happens. <laughs> um, but the reality is we, we kind of followed those steps and we put this big number on what we felt was a really, really big, almost unattainable number that we would make someday, the two of us together. And we put that everywhere in our house. So when I opened my closet, I'd see it. We put it on the mirror. We put it everywhere. And our house is only like five rooms. So, but it was everywhere. And this, I, and I do attribute some of that to saying, what else can I do? Where else can I go? And I thought, oh, I'll be in real estate for two years and then I'll move on and do something else. And I ended up loving, loving sales and being an agent um, because it's not 
selling, it's helping people, it's providing service, it's, you know, it's not that hard sales job. You can't sell anyone a house. They either love it or they don't. They either put their Christmas tree there or they don't. So about three and a half years in, two years in, uh, my father-in-law bought out his brother and their, his wife and um, there was just some conversations happening within the family to say, are you going to be here along with my sister-in-law, who's the co-owner right now, um, to buy this company someday? And I'm like, the first conversation happened when I was three months in the business. I'm like, don't ask me. I don't even know when a title company comes into this thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what, I don't know if I even like it. And it just progressed. And again, I enjoyed sales, but then I, about three and a half years in, we needed a sales manager and my father-in-law approached me and I initially said no. And I, I love sales. I don't want to take a pay cut and I don't want to do this. And we talked for quite some time over a couple months and came to an agreement. So then I moved into the leadership role. And from there, I, a couple years later, we bought out my father-in-law and it's kind of like, here we are today in a company that's been in existence since 1978. So it is a second generation family owned and I own it with my sister-in-law. And um, my brother-in-law is also in the business. He just got in this last couple years. And my husband absolutely has no interest in being in the business. <laughs> so it works out really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, and if you're in the Bismarck Mandan area or swing in through, you absolutely have to stop by their building. It is a absolutely beautiful facility. So right mm -hmm. off Interstate on the South Side. <clears throat> we are enjoying it a lot. Yeah, so that was, that was a big, a big ordeal. It was a big step. <laughs> Yes. Totally. Yep. 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 All right. Mm -hmm. April. All right. Um, so I guess I, I always think I'm really good at hindsight. Like I'm really good at reflecting on like was entrepreneurship in my blood from the beginning. And I, and it was in hindsight, but like I never like went to graduate school and like we did a business plan when I was in graduate school and I was like, Oh, like that was neat. But like, it's all on paper <laughs> and like, I'm going to go get a job now, you know? And, um, I also kind of like other ladies, like I just didn't like the way things worked. I didn't understand big corporations. I didn't understand like working really, I, I just, not that I thought I always knew better, but I just didn't like to be told how to do things. Like I just didn't like being told how to do my job because I could see it differently. And I think it's normal for people to feel that way, but be able to like succumb to it and like do it the way they're supposed to. But basically I think I was the worst employee on the planet. <laughs> and I, I think that was my driving spirit to go into entrepreneurship because I just, wasn't a good listener and it's not that I wasn't a good listener but I just knew I couldn't live like having whether it's physicians telling you how to do your job or a boss telling you how to do your job or whatever it was I just it it went against everything in me so I had like kind of toured around a little bit I'm right out of graduate school and came back here I was traveling around the, the state just being a traveling therapist which basically you get paid really well to look at a windshield and then offer a signature, which is not gratifying whatsoever, but I was like dreaming up what CCs would look like and how CCs would be different because everybody I think goes into business thinking like, I'm gonna be different, but how do you portray that difference and like how is it different? And that was like my number one focus. I, I, I've never been an entrepreneur that's been motivated by money. I did not have signs um, up in my house and instead I was like, gosh, I just hope I can like pay my rent and that'd be neat and I could be my own boss, you know, that'd be great. And so, <laughs> so that was kind of like my motivating factors. And I was single, I didn't have any, you know, no family. And 
Um, so I opened CC's and then kind of the squirrel really hit me and like the visionary me took off into a lot of wild directions over the last 10, 11 years. Um, I started as a physical therapist in a small office by myself, then I had an employee, then we took like a stint in pole dancing and all of a sudden you could like walk into my physical therapy room but then there'd be like these big vertical poles that some people thought they were braces in the old building but really they were those poles. Like, <laughs> I and, <laughs> yeah, like what's hilarious is that 11 years or like I guess we haven't taught a pole dancing class in I don't know how many years but like I'll still have ladies come into my office be like, I took her pole classes, that's how I know her. <laughs> I totally took a full class yeah, and I didn't know it was in your office. <laughs> so it's really hilarious because it was this cute little like physical therapy, you know, a doctor in the physical therapy here. And then like at 6.30, like the lights turned off and the red lights came on and like the champagne came out and it was like, ah! And then you would walk by later and it'd just be like, <laughs> anyways, so <laughs> that was a little wild, in, you know. I, I also did some expansion into like the group fitness facility or group fitness industry here in town because also I was like, all these great places, because I had lived in Phoenix for a while, they had these great fitness boutiques and they're everywhere and everywhere we go and we used to do all these great things and like back here there just wasn't anything at the time. So I opened up like a boutique style fitness because I thought we need one of these here. And then I kind of started to like rail back because um, it's like one of those things, you start to dabble in so many things because the squirrel in you gets way out of control and you have nobody to control it. And um, I was kind of forced into a position where I had to give something up because I was out of office space and I knew, you know, we all like, am I gonna like make a career out of like teaching girls how to slide up and down with a booty pop or am I gonna like treat people <laughs> and rehab them? So I had to hang the towel up on that one. And, uh, <laughs> and then, um, you know, since then we, um, have just expanded and grown and really solidified ourselves as like the rehab people that are here for people. Like we're here for you. We're here for what you want to do. Like what does your body want to do? I don't care what people think you should be doing with your body or not think you should be doing. Like we are the people that are here for our patients. Definitely like in this messy healthcare world that we live in, like I'm really proud to say that like our team definitely is like the advocates and the patient's voices for helping them navigate all of their healthcare decisions while staying within our scope, of course, but we definitely, I think people turn to us to be like, I don't know what I should be doing, I don't know where I should be going, and I think that is like one of the biggest compliments we can always receive. And fun fact is that I always said, this is my fourth building in 10 years that we've moved into and are currently located in, and how Trish and I met is that I bought Trish's old building, and we moved into it, and I was like, moving up in the world, April's moving into Century 21, and then I went to Trish's office, I'm like, God, I got a long ways right? to go. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there someday. Okay, I want to touch on something you said about halfway through there, April. You, I think you brought up a really, really good point about, especially as business owners, uh, anybody listening that's thinking about creating a business or new in their business, you brought up the idea of what makes you different, mm -hmm. you know, because that's so important and it's so easy for business owners to get lost in that being just like everybody else. Mm -hmm. you know, so speak to whoever wants to, I'm going to open it up to you, all of you here, speak to the idea of, you know, we call it an EOS, what are your three uniques, but what are the big value propositions for each of your businesses? What does really set you apart? You know, April, you could be just another PT clinic. Trisha, your business could be just another realty um, company. Bismarck Sign could be just another place that provides wraps, graphics, um, and those items. So what really makes each of your businesses unique? 
Yeah, I think definitely one of the things that I've never been afraid to do ever since I think I was a little little girl was that like you don't dare to be different by trying to be somebody that you're not, but instead stay true to who you are. And then like I think that's what has always kept my sales really forward and keeping my eye on the prize of like the direction I want to go. Like we're not going to be fake. We're not going to follow, follow protocols. We're not going to like, you know, treat this place like just a cattle call of how many people we can fit into a day. We definitely have always strived on education, like really making people understand things maybe on a different level, no matter what it might be in, or like educating our, our coworkers or educating our um, other physical therapists. We spend tons of time and effort always trying to get better. Not that we think we're bad, but like it's a, it's a science, and science requires practice, and science is always evolving. So unless you're changing, like you're becoming obsolete for the next generation to take over, which would be a bad thing. But like I want to stay in the game a long time, um, and, we, and like we talked about earlier, it's just that you centered, and I know that that Biz, Bismarck Signco, that same thing. Like we're here for you. Like we don't really care what big corporate says should be we're here to like give our patients or our clients what they want and really keep it all about you and that's all we need to do and i also think like for us like we really try to connect with the community in those ways like you know how do we like connect these people that now trust you to the right people for other things like oh you need a patisserie i know this girl named alex she's got the best patisserie in town not yet <laughs> No, I, I yeah. totally I agree with that, and that's kind of one of the one of the things for us as well is like I don't just want to sell you a sign to make money. I want to sell you a sign, and I want you to stay in business. I, I want to help you advertise. I want to help people come in your door. You know, putting a sign up on on that's huge that doesn't really get to the point or isn't going to be bring people in your door is a waste of your money. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to waste anybody's money. So I think what we do a little bit different is making sure that we help guide you the right direction, like not just. Not just selling you a sign for the money side of it. We we care more about you and your business and helping your business survive. And kind of like same as you, like just caring beyond like in the corporate world. It's all bottom line, which we all know the bottom line doesn't doesn't matter to an extent. However, going beyond that, you know that customer service really. We just, we love our community. Most of the people. It's such a small community. We're all friends. We want all of our friends to succeed. We want to see everybody succeed. So I'd say that's one of our things as well. Okay. Well, I can talk a lot Sorry, about what makes us special. <laughs> uh, because realtors, quite frankly, don't always have the best reputations. And there's 540 of them in our Bismarck Mandan market. Holy smokes. And so when you think about that, <clears throat> and we always look at it and go, okay, uh, what is, we, can you answer this question when you sit down with a listing, a seller, and these people are t telling you their story and they have this wonderful possession that not only is their probably their biggest asset but also holds all of their cherished memories in these moments when they look across the table at you and they say so why should I hire you instead of the other 539 <laughs> what are you gonna say and you can't say I work hard and I'm honest because that's a baseline mm -hmm. for being an agent okay for usually for being a human being but it's, okay so Question what do, <laughs> so what do you say and first of all and and people and this is from my teaching background people do not learn unless they know their brain every every little bit of information that you absorb has to go through a filter all right and it has to be able to answer two questions do i understand and do i care if the answer is yes to both of those, 
then you will learn it. And then you are more apt to keep that for a longer term if you can answer both of those questions. But, and I always, you know, and as we go through and say, when you're sitting at that table, do I, do I, if the seller, the client is saying, do I understand? Do I care? But most importantly, do they care about me? And so all, everything we do is focused on building the relationship. How do we grow the relationship? How do we nurture relationships? And we really truly believe as a full service staff, uh, we are unique in that, that I'm a non-competing broker. I'm not out selling real estate. I did at one time, I, but, uh, and I'm aware of all the market trends because I read every contract. I'm involved in every issue, but we, we are trying to figure out what's best for people. The sale, it'll happen or it won't, but how do we make people get to where they want to go? And sometimes those are hard conversations of maybe it's not time to sell, maybe it's not the right time to buy. Uh, because we're, and we say, we say this over and over, focus on the relationship and the money will follow. Don't worry about the money. It, it will always naturally follow if you're doing what you love, you're, you're doing what you're passionate about, and you're caring about people and taking care of them. So um, it's probably uh, paraphrased, because I'm not sure exactly the right words, but like Jim Rohn said, if you take care of enough people, you know, you will be taken care of. So um, we, we honor our service after the sale. We guarantee our service um, that if you're not happy, you're not stuck in a contract with us that if we can't fix the problem within a few days, we will let you out of the contract. Uh, so we really do focus on people before, during, and after the sale. And I, I mean, and that's why, quite frankly, our agents, I'm biased, and I, but I believe it to be deep down true. Our, we have the best agents. We have the best agents in the business. I can definitely vouch for that because her realtors tell me things that I didn't know I wanted all the time. <laughs> No, you guys, all of you bring up a great point because that can get lost, I think, really easily among the processes and the strategy and all that of sometimes remembering that you're in business, not about, it's not about selling a home, it's not about providing a sign, it's not about uh, helping people be proactive with their health. No matter what business you're in, it's always about relationships, it's always about people, and it's always about elevating or helping people with a problem, finding them a solution, um, finding them happiness, whatever it may be. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I also think too, like, I'm sure you guys run into this, like the competitiveness of, you know, other businesses in your business. And I know like sometimes like we bring people into our office now and train not only our therapists, but also any other therapist that wants to join the, the crowd. And so people look at me like I'm crazy because they're like, you're training your competitors. I'm like, I might be, but they might be my future employees one day. And if our profession is better as a whole, and if all I'm doing is worry about what other people are doing and not what we're doing, like you're gonna fail. Like you have to think to yourself, like help each other, help your profession, help your clients. And it does, it just, you are the front of the pack, not trying to hold on to the, the leaders that I are paving the way. Couldn't agree more on that. I actually, we were just talking about that today. I can't stand like, I don't wanna say like the older mindset, but the, the mindset of, you can't talk to them, they're a competitor, or like, we're the enemy. We don't want to be anybody's enemy. Can kind of like community over competition sort of feel of, 
of what can we do to work together to accomplish bigger things that maybe we couldn't have done on our own. Correct. Maybe if two of us sign companies get together, we can do things that prevent national sign companies from coming in. You know, you just mm -hmm. you never know, but it's way, way more fun to be able to collaborate with people and, and do big things than it is to dislike others because they're the competition. The knowledge that they bring to the table might be, yeah. not be something that we use in our office or in our shop and vice versa. And so even the information that we get from each other could possibly make us both more efficient mm -hmm. and more productive and get our customers what they want. Mm -hmm. And like you mentioned, you're wasting time thinking negatively about someone else. Forget it. We don't got time to do that. We got stuff to do. Yeah, yeah control what you control. Yeah, mm -hmm. and that, that's that's obviously a huge box that I always have to check when looking at evaluating businesses to work with. Are they an abundance mindset type business? Mm -hmm. You know, are they willing to work with a competitor? You know, are they are they not that scarcity mentality where everyone's out to get me and I'm going to protect my own territory? And so that's what's mm -hmm. awesome about working with with all of your businesses is all of you are always looking for how can we strategically partner with other people? How can we elevate other people? Because you know, and at the end of the day, it's going to elevate your own brand, your own company, your own people. So, so when we talk about competition, because there's 540 of us <laughs> in the market and we are the biggest company, not only in Bismarck, but in North Dakota. And you know, sometimes when you're the big people on the block, you get banged up a little bit. But when people say to me, oh, we're coming for you, we're going to beat your company, I'm like, good for you. Yeah, good for you. Because <laughs> our focus is never on another company. It's a, and I know we talked about this in one of the times yep, we met, and you said, who's your ever. biggest competition? I said, we are. Who we were yesterday. Mm -hmm. How can we improve what we've done yesterday? If we can just improve ourselves and focus on our own goals, we'll be fine. Mm -hmm. Everyone else out there, we can't control them. Yep. So we're not going to worry about them. Yep. I totally agree. <clears throat> Hey, let's talk obstacles. So as a business owner, like we said, man, it's a roller coaster. Ups, downs, off the rails, on the rails. Share with the audience, what are maybe one of your one or two biggest obstacles that you've really had to plow through as a business owner? Obviously COVID was a huge challenge for everybody, maybe that's it, but share just some info around what was the obstacle, how did you get through it, maybe even what resources or gut check you maybe even needed to get through it. <coughs> Employees. People are never a problem. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Communication styles, personalities. I mean, you have essentially, you know, however many employees you have, those kind of turn into your children of making sure they're taken care of. They're, if they're having a bad day, what's, you know, no different than the customers. How do, how do we take care of you to make sure that things are going optimally? Um, <coughs> So I think that initially was one of the one of the stressors was like, okay, how do we how do we manage everybody to keep everybody on the same page? Because um, now we're just not you know the prior company you're just the manager of this department. Well now, you know we're kind of the manager of everybody in a sense. Um, so it was one of the people. Yeah, the people component like we like we talk about within the U.S. is always like whack a mole mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> like it's always going to be an issue. It's just how fast can you address those things and how how, uh, how little of a problem can you keep it? Because there's always going to be employee issues. I mean, you're, you're, you're dealing with personalities, you're dealing with attitudes, you're dealing with emotions. Well, now in the today's market, just trying to find employees yeah. in certain avenues, but. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would have to say, like, employees have always been an obstacle. Um, you know, I think I made a lot of hiring mistakes, not because I <laughs> hired the wrong people, but I probably hired with the wrong expectations or unclear expectations. 
Um, I'm one of those people like, just go do it. Like you were hired to do a job, so just go do it. Like you need a training manual? Like don't you just <laughs> figure it out? And so I think like, <coughs> excuse me, I think that's a personal obstacle of my own. Um, I would say the other thing that really has been an obstacle for me is more just like time. Like there's not enough time. You know, things take off and as a business owner, you have to go with them when they go. And sometimes that doesn't align with what's going on in your life. And you know, we were all like baby makers and like <laughs> all the things that come with like having little babies and kids and husbands and then trying to manage a business amongst that. And you know, I think, I don't know if that's really considered an obstacle, but I think it's one of those things for people like me that don't plan things out very well. It was a huge obstacle because you know, when your time feels so split, you feel like you suck at everything. Like, oh, like I just went home today and I was a really shitty therapist and then I'm a really crappy mom and then I'm a really bad wife and then I can't even like make macaroni at this point and... I totally relate with that. Like my jeans still don't fit. So now what do I do with myself? And that time piece of it is a mental obstacle. And I think like fortunately, I, I feel like one of the things that I possess or a trait that I possess that I don't know if I would have known I possess is like I can really... Um, like compartmentalize or like um, um, shelf things that need to be set aside. Like I can put my tight jeans aside and like move up, like, okay, we'll deal with that later. And like, oh, my house is messy. Okay, well I can deal with that later. And like, oh, like, you know, I can go down to like what's number one. Like I need to take, take care of this, feed my family, go to bed and hopefully get a few hours of sleep. And then I was good. And so I feel like that ability to be able to shelf what can be shelved and like the world's not gonna end turned out to be a, 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 a trait of mine that I didn't know I had, but it's not one that you should live in for a long time, but you know, you have to do what you gotta do when all things are imploding in all directions. The learning to prioritize what's most important and what's gonna get you the best result at that point in time mm -hmm. is a huge obstacle. Mm -hmm. yep. I think for all of us. Oh yeah, we were talking about when we walked in is like the biggest thing that I guess I didn't think about when we initially started talking here was that like you, you feel like you're failing, you get to these points, these low points where you're like, I'm failing my customers, I'm failing my, my teammates, I'm failing my employees, I'm failing my kids, I'm probably failing someone else that I can't think of currently, and uh, how, how do you win, how do you balance everything? And like April said, then you, you, you're like, why did I have two babies while having a business? Like, this was stupid, what was I thinking? I wouldn't give my kids back, <laughs> but. What I wasn't thinking. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> In one year. Last night I told my husband, I was like, why didn't I just choose to be a stay-at-home mom some days? Like, like he's, he uh, is an engineer and project manager for a big project right now, and so he's swamped and flying, up, flying back and forth and different things. And then I'm over here trying to, trying to be a part owner of a business and an infant, and neither of us are sleeping, and we're just like, what are we doing? Yeah. But, uh, but you get passes. through it, you get past it, yeah, absolutely. I've reached out to Patrick a couple times, like, all right, I'm in a slump, like get me out of this slump. And he sent, uh, what was the book you I had me read? The different seasons of? The Clar Clarity? Oh, Clarity, Clarity Field, Field Guide, Guide. Yeah. yeah. That was awesome, and it was so funny, is I filled out like, Kind of where I thought I was, and the next day I was in a different different spot in the book. But um, but yeah, like sometimes you just need that reset because you really just get down on yourself. On it's it's almost impossible to take care of everybody sometimes. And, and how many? Just to clarify, how many days after having your yes. daughter here recently were you wrapping vehicles? Well, three days after having her, I was on a ladder and selling vinyl at the Gratitude Salon here in Bismarck. You haven't checked it out? That's hardcore, you guys. And, uh, oh my gosh! The sweet owner's pulling in. She's like, "Did you just have a baby? What are you doing?" Up here and but uh but things needed to get done and stuff was behind and and I'm seeing the emails come through going like I got I gotta get out and, and help with these things and so I'm officially back from maternity leave as of Monday but I've been wrapping vehicles 
for the last eight weeks. So, <laughs> so I haven't been back, but now I'm back checking emails and like taking care of my job. I'm just trying to get everybody caught back up and because um, of course, a bananas. We laughed today how she went from her three-day maternity leave to <clears throat> working in the shop for multiple weeks and now she's back in her management role. <laughs> Yeah, just kind yeah, of it's, do what it's you amazing gotta do. what you gotta what you do. What what you you gotta gotta do. do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do what you gotta do as a business owner. It, it is. That is difficult. It, it is. And I, when I think about obstacles, of course, I automatically go to people because they are our greatest asset. But they are also so an, our greatest asset is going to just take more energy and can cause the most frustration too and the most joy. Uh, but the other things that I've run into are really regulation. Regulation, regulation, oh. and um, just even the running, the core processes of the business and refining those. And of course, that's why we got involved with you, <laughs> Patrick. Uh, but it, that was something that, okay, we've tried to do this long enough and we've just given it one more try. Like we're just gonna do that one same thing one more time, just a little harder. And, more intensity, uh, increase not, more cowbell. Yeah, <laughs> it's not working. So. It, it is um, just getting that everyone on the same page and making sure you're all going in the same direction. That is a game changer and having overcoming that obstacle. And it sounds so simple, but it is not at all simple, as you ladies in the room know, uh, that I really think it makes all of those things a lot easier. And just with the regulation or even just doing the books and some of those just thinking about outsourcing some of that instead of pulling your hair out over things that maybe aren't what you're not naturally good at or maybe you are but you don't like them oh, yes. like the, HR. Struggle, the struggle of <laughs> delegation as a business owner yeah yeah I'll, I'll i've told this story i don't know how many times when i first met with april's team the very first day how i was driving back from bismarck to castleton <laughs> so i was about 40 minutes out of bismarck i was at about steel and i'm like Look at my phone. I'm like, April's calling. What in the world? And I remember I picked up my phone, and the first thing she said to me is, Patrick, I feel naked. <laughs> and I, go, I probably was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, what? And she goes, no. She goes, I feel like, you know, after today, we just, like, dumped everything on the table, and everybody just started grabbing stuff and started just owning things. You know, and that feeling of just being able to take some of that weight and some of those items and delegate them off your shoulders. And easier said than done. I mean, as all of you know, way easier said than done. But I mean, taking going through an official process that will actually allow you to do that. Because I mean, as a business owner, all of us are hardwired to control it, own it, do it, make it happen. That's just the way it is, right? And delegation can be one of the hardest things to do as a business owner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's still kind of like a rediscovery process. Like I talk now with like my operations guy about it all the time. I'm like, I feel like I'm in junior high now going through like an identity crisis because <laughs> all I did was work, 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 work. And now I'm like, then it's like I kind of go back down this, the squirrel syndrome a little bit because your brain has a little bit of free time and then you fill it with something that you shouldn't be filling it with and um and now it's like no like this is my lane i gotta stick to my lane and it was like yeah so you go from overwhelmed to naked to like 14 and awkward braces and trying to figure out who it is that you are all over again <laughs> i feel like that's got to be like a visionary trait though right oh like, absolutely constantly you were because we're constantly seeing like oh this could be greater this could yeah. be greater this could be greater yeah. wait a minute nope nope this wasn't the vision for this but it could be yeah 
Yep. And I, I got to say this, I love working with Alex and Jen and Wayne at Bismarck Sign Co. because it's like three completely different personalities. Like you got Alex over there in left field chasing butterflies, <laughs> and then you got Wayne who's giving input, and then Jen is whipping Wayne over there keeping it on track. Jen is the numbers, black and white person, and it's just like, it's, it's comical at times. Uh, working with their team but yeah it's a, it's a hell of a lot of fun so I think it, was, it helps like make things turn those because I'm like big picture see it these guys are more on the implementing side getting things rolling if I didn't have them to implement things I'd be screwed I just have a lot of pretty pictures and that's about it you know I could could sell pretty things but as far as keeping that that process going you know having two people that are more of that implementation brain totally helps me out because I can keep the, the designer the, the vision stuff going and they can keep the backside going Raining yeah. air in sometimes is not that easy, but no, I get yelled at a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so many businesses miss out on that piece too. Uh, you know that visionary integrator relationship, or just just who's balancing your visionary in general. You know, some businesses aren't big enough to have a true integrator, but you better have somebody that balances that wild personality with all the ideas that's flying. You know, five hundred miles an hour, Colin Patrick thousand feet. Yeah. <laughs> But I, I want to come back to one of the things that was mentioned a little bit ago because all of you kind of shared a little bit around, you know, it's tough to manage it all. So how, how I mean, for anybody listening, business owners listening, uh, share some keys, tips that maybe some of you have of how do you find of what kind of keeps you in your lane, what keeps you focused, what keeps you grounded. You know, for me, it's working out in the mornings. Like that is my de-stressor, that's my outlet. Um, I read a lot. Um, I need to take more time off than I do because every time I do, I'm like, oh my gosh, that reset me so nicely. So, share any of you share? I mean, any keys, outlets that you guys have of just how do you help balance everything or keep you on the tracks? You know, I've never found like I'm not consistency is not my strong point. I would say when it comes to my home life, just because of the ebbs and flows of everything around it. But definitely, like, I'm an out, I want to be outside. I want to be, like, I have found that the lake is my biggest disconnect. I, I go out there, we don't sleep, we run around, you lay in the sun, but yet I come back Monday morning and I'm, like, so fresh, so charged. I could work an 18-hour day and be totally happy with it. I need that, like, outdoor sun refresh of just complete mindlessness. And I always joke that, like, camping and being at the lake is what it must feel like to be, like, a man because, like, you can't multitask. Like, it's one thing. Like, my goal today is keep your children alive. <laughs> Feed them. I can't do laundry and scrub a toilet and then, like, clean out a closet while I'm trying to, like, put a new wardrobe on them and then run to baseball practice. Like, it's one thing at a time. I absolutely will not argue that. <laughs> and so it's amazing. So it's like, I didn't multitask for two and a half days or whatever it might be. And it's amazing how that feels on my mental capacity. Um, which then leads me to my problem because, like, the winter does not give me that same outlet. So... I struggle come March. So winters are that. tough. Yeah. I, I agree. In the summer, if I'm having, like, if I know it's going to be a long week, I will pack lunch and then I go sit at the river. Yeah. And I just sit, put my feet in the water and eat my lunch in silence because it's noon and nobody's around on mm -hmm. a Tuesday at noon. And I just sit there in silence mm -hmm. and I leave my phone in the vehicle. Yep. Then after an hour, it's just that nice calm, and I'm ready to go back to work. Mm -hmm. I put in noise-canceling headphones and crank the 90s, and I am ready for anything. 
Yes. <laughs> and sometimes she doesn't put in noise canceling headphones, and she just breaks <laughs> the 90s. When my the battery office. runs out, then the whole office is jamming to 90s. I mean, who doesn't have a little ace base? Right? I saw the sign. It hits you, sticker lady. Absolutely. That is my theme song. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I enjoy reading, and so when I get home at night, I want to just read for enjoyment. For just, and I'll read all kinds of things, but I also, my husband knows it's a cue um, when I say, I need to go to the mountains. And some days we've left that very day, and sometimes we make a trip, uh, but the mountains have been very scarce in the last couple of years, though I was there last week or two weeks, whatever it was. It feels like forever ago, but. Uh, I was just there for a retreat for Century 21, but that is, and quite frankly, I wouldn't do all of this without my husband because the reality is that something has to give. Mm -hmm. And your family, and, it, and I always say every time you volunteer, every time you grow your business, every time, it's not just my decision, it's a family decision because mm -hmm. it affects my family. And there's plenty of times that I can say I've not been a good mom, I've not been a good spouse, and trying to balance it all. And the reality is you'll never find balance, but how do you make it work the best you can? And so my husband was kind enough <laughs> to give up his job when I moved into this position and just was Mr. Mom. And I had to learn to let go of some of that too. Like he doesn't clean the bathroom the same way I clean the bathroom and I had to just be quiet because I'm not cleaning it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like when him and I fold t-shirts, we fold them different. And now when I try to fold clothes, he's like, that's not how you do it. <laughs> so, um, but without that, I just, I, I know I couldn't do this. I would just be crazy. I, yep. I don't know how to, just some of it, hiring somebody to clean my house. Two, twice a month, just twice a month come in. Mm -hmm. um, big deal. Just let, and let someone else do it because your time is so precious um, with your family. We've, we, it's not worth spending it all scrubbing a toilet and cleaning. Totally. It's not worth it. I think my, my husband finally understands like time is money because he, yeah. you know, being an engineer and like numbers are the thing in spreadsheets, you know, get all the budgets. Just spend the extra hundred dollars. We just we just put yes. in a, a a garden, and he wanted to do he made all the concrete work himself on like all the posts. In the instant set post concrete was one hundred and fifty dollars more expensive for all these posts, but it was going to save us hours. Pay the extra hundred fifty dollars. We don't have the hours. Yep. Could he do it? So we, did, we it was really hard. But I went I went got our truck and went up there and I got all the concrete brought it home and he didn't have a choice. And afterwards he laughed and he was like. You know that was a little over 150 because there was an extra bag. And he laughed and no, it was totally worth worth it. it I mean, are we, we all actually married to the same person? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's talk skills. So along the journey of being a business owner, entrepreneur, what have you found to be the skills you've really had to work on to develop? Because obviously nobody's perfect. There's a ton, especially when you start a business. Like you wear so many hats. You wear all of them, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, you're the HR person, you're the finance person, you're the operations person. So what skills do you guys feel um, you maybe each had to develop along the way, or maybe you're even currently uh, working on it extensively still? So I don't know if you're familiar, obviously you probably are familiar with the book, The E-Myth um, mm -hmm. by Michael Gerber. 
And that book just really made me think differently. And I, I read it while I was an agent. And because as an agent, you are an independent contractor and you own your own business um, under an umbrella of a bigger business. And that, the whole idea behind that is that when you are a business owner, you're wearing three hats. You're the leader, the visionary, right? And then you're the manager, and then you're the technician. And inherently, many entrepreneurs get into what they're doing because they are technicians. They love doing what they do, but then they have to figure out how to lead and manage their way into a mature business, right? So I was a technician and I still get bogged down in being a technician because there's some things that just I like to do and they make me feel good and I want to do it, but it's a below my pay grade technically. And so I still, that manager in me has to go, okay, Trisha, let it go, let it go. It's not your job anymore. And that, that is not a skill I've mastered. <laughs> but Remember we skill... call it the personal hell quadrant. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> right. That is a skill I am continuing to develop. Let's put it that yeah. way. I know, I think the laundry list of all the things I need to work on as a business owner like span far and deep. Um, one that I feel like I've worked on, especially through this EOS process, that I feel like I'm doing good. I don't know what my coworkers will say tomorrow when we meet with Patrick, but I have delegated so much off. Like, I feel like I have become an employee of my business again. Um, probably going to get a bad review this year or tomorrow, but no. <laughs> like, I, um, it, delegation was so hard because I kept things so tight because I didn't want me to screw it up. Well, it turns out, like, I'm probably less qualified to screw to do a lot of the things I was doing than a lot of other people are, I guess, less skilled at a lot of like managerial skills are like on the sub-zero category in my department. So um, I feel like delegation is something that I've worked on really hard and I feel like I'm getting much better at it. Um, and I would say one of the, the qualities that I'm really struggling with is organization, consistency, all those like dot the A, cross the T. I'm probably that way with my work when it comes to the technician side of it, but everything else in my life lacks a whole lot of that. And I'm trying to feed off a lot of my coworkers that are highly organized. Like I bought Target out of like plastic bins one day after like my coworker organized my office. She's like, April, you know there's no plastic bins left in Target for like two weeks now, right? And I was like, well, I just keep buying all of them because you just put everything in a tote and it looks so nice. So I'm buying baskets everywhere. Baskets in every closet. I got a lot of closets, you know? And so, I guess they're flaws, but I also like feel that I, I don't think I would have got to where I am in a business was had I been a really structured, organized person because there was far too much chaos for an organized person to handle. And I don't think you could have organized it and moved at the speed we had to move at. And you know, business sometimes booms when you're not ready for it. So if the organization's not there, you still got to go with it. So it's a, it's a flaw I'm working on, but I'll still own it as part of who I am. <laughs> I completely agree with what you just said because I I am I am that organized person. I am the one that draws mm -hmm. the straight lines and you know everything goes just so and I'm pretty sure the first five months I held on to Alex's coattails and I was just along for the ride. So <laughs> I'm like I don't know where she's going next but I better go figure it out because I gotta follow her and make sure we yeah. you know get it all organized. Yeah. But her brain is going way faster than my brain could go in mm. trying to rein in and implement where her visionary brain was going it was a lot harder than I was my brain goes at. faster than i can speak some days i'm like oh, yes, this comes out mumbly <laughs> yeah. i figured april could probably relate yeah. i think that uh, one of the biggest things i learned too is the same same as these guys said you know you, 
if you, you hold on to those things you really like. And so for me, it's the relationships. I love getting to talk to everybody. And then I also love the creative side. But it doesn't mean that I should handle all of it on the sales side and I need to delegate onto my sales team. And it's really funny because once I started delegating everything to my sales team, it turns out I was a pretty big bottleneck. Things got really busy. <laughs> so you can still, I kind of learned that you still have that balance. You can still have the relationship, you know, and still go visit and do all those things and still have that person that can, can take care of it from there and get it through the process and take it through that. Um, that part that maybe I'm not as efficient at because it's not the fun the fun part but um, that, that's so. always hard for a lot of businesses because a business owner many times is looking around at everything of, of saying where's the problem and I'm the problem and, and it's and it's <laughs> them you know and not not in a negative demeaning way at all but it's like they're the issue and it's usually delegation I mean that's probably the number one thing that I always see that holds businesses back you know, of how do I, how do we delegate that? What's the process for doing that? Who's going to do it? You know, and uh, as all of you have seen, you know, that first day of EOS, I mean, it's like, oh, we're dumping everything on the table. What's going on? What's not going on? What are challenges? Uh, what are obstacles? What are we going to do about it? And, you know, everyone has mush, brain mush by the end of that. There's like blood, day. sweat, and tears. Yeah. First couple days. <laughs> it's like, no, I created this. And now you have to let it go to somebody else, or we at least start talking about letting it go to someone else. But yeah, I think that by far the biggest challenge for businesses, business owners, is just tripping over their own feet, by far. Well, and I think you get so buried deep into it, but by the, by the time you realize you need to delegate, you don't have time to figure out how to delegate, or who to delegate, or who to hire to delegate too. And so it feels you just like keep doing it, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, maybe I got a little time to delegate something. Oh, never mind, I don't. Ah, like we'll do that another day. <laughs> the worst thing you can think is like, oh, by the time I get it all explained to them, I could have just taken care of it anyway. Nope, nope, you should have just given it to just them. Just should have given it. To yep. Them. Yeah, and then the tribal knowledge too, you know, whether it's in a couple people in your business at the top or maybe it's just you as the owner, you have so much upstairs. It's like, where do I even begin to explain this to somebody or the process to somebody? And I think some of that is ego. I That usually will get me in trouble when I think I can do it better. And the reality is, is there's lots of times where other people can do it better and it doesn't have to look the same. And mm -hmm. so it's just a matter of getting over yourself sometimes. And that's always that hard look in the mirror at the end of the day. I'm like, really? Did I really need to do that? No, somebody else could have done that and they probably would have done it better. And you're right, sometimes you're the biggest obstacle. Yeah, and a lot of business owners, I think, uh, they don't realize that's why employees leave too. Yeah. Is they want ownership, they want responsibility. Not all, obviously. <laughs> but uh, when you're not willing to give them those things, they just sit there waiting and waiting. And if you don't give them those opportunities, whoosh, they're gone. Mm -hmm sometimes so completely okay let's move on to um, what's the biggest myth about being a business owner because everyone thinks you know it's like oh this is so awesome I'm gonna have my own thing and I'm gonna make so much money and I can go on vacation whenever I want and you know I can work from home in my pajamas and... I think our employees think that what we sell jobs for is how much money like we put in our pocket like, you guys are loaded we see how much these jobs cost Yep. There's a lot of variables that go in past Revenue that number. Revenue versus You're right. profit. Yeah. 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 Yep. I mean, if you want to go down the road of like money and vacation, I always say when you have the time to go on vacation, you don't have the money. And when you have the money to go on vacation, you don't have the time. Yeah, for sure. So, um, but I think business owners do have like, I, I don't know how to say this. Like, I, I think sometimes people look at business owners and they're like, well, you know, it's so easy for them or it's so easy because they're a business owner and like their life's just perfect like it's so easy like I feel like sometimes people think you just woke up one day 
and you're 12 years into it and like everything's running like a well-oiled machine and they forget about like there was 12 years before that that weren't pretty or it's still not pretty or whatever it is like they forget about what you do to get there and I think sometimes um, when you hire new employees like that are late to the ball game like you know we're hiring people now and sometimes I'm like gosh they're gonna think like I'm not a hard worker or something because you know I'm not seeing the most patients in the office and all these things <laughs> but like they don't understand what it took to get to where you were and to establish it and at the end of the day I always remind myself like we're providing employment for these people and like they seem happy at their jobs so like this is good but sometimes it's just that disconnect of like like, I even think my own family sometimes, they look at me and, like, they say things like, like, oh, must be nice that you're at the lake again. And I'm like, oh, don't even start with me. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I earned this one. <laughs> I, our daycare lady, which I decided to retire, and so I'm left with, I had a kid in the NICU at this point and then a three-and-a-half-year-old at home. And I told someone, and they were like, well, at least you own a business. You can just take him to work with you. <laughs> like, yeah, because you can totally run a business with an infant and a toddler running around your office. Uh, yeah. No. Although they do love having her. Yeah, they absolutely. It's just not, you don't have the same focus because you focus on making sure your kids aren't destroying the office, eating the entire bag of candy that's in the drawer. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Playing with short things. Yeah. That's the other thing. Heat guns, Zacto knives, ladders. It's a disaster. Like, there's no such thing as bring my kid if I have to wrap a vehicle. But um, I always thought that was so funny. I hear it all the time. Like, well, at least you're lucky and you own the business and you can just bring them with you. And you're just like, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not fortunate to, that things are going well and we, you know, we've been busting our butt and things are working out, but, uh, but it's not as, it's not as easy as like, just take your kids to the office. Mm-hmm. So, so great. It's not, it's not a great solution. I would agree that that time is a, the myth is that you have so much time. It's yeah. flexible. Oh, you, you can set your own hours. You never shut it off. Oh, you never get no. to shut it off. You are 24 seven. You're dreaming about it. You are waking up, you're thinking about it, you're constantly thinking about it, and it is hard to unplug. And that is the nice thing about being nine to five and an employee is that you can go home and unplug. Mm-hmm. You can go yeah. on vacation and, and no one's bothering you, or you come back and it's not a big deal. Yep. yep. Yep, or I always say like that time thing of, like yeah, you can make your own schedule, and unfortunately, like you're the worst boss ever to yourself that makes your schedule, yeah, nine o'clock at night, 10 o'clock at night, and 5 a.m., and let's just put in a 10-hour day and then come home and work for another four and you, you, yeah it's it's never gone your schedule is the worst employee schedule you at would the end never of the day. work for yourself no, I would if you, never if, work for you if somebody told you you had to work 18-hour days and not have a day off for three months and then on that day you should take phone calls by the way and you know you would never work for anyone like that but you do work for yourself like that mm-hmm. and I think part of it is we have to learn to be forgiving and not feel bad for being in business to make a profit, to do better mm-hmm. in life, and to grow and and help other people grow. I was gonna yeah. say, I think it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning where all of us, it seems like we're out to help people, really. Mm-hmm. And um, so when you feel like you're failing someone, you'll work the extra four hours to get there. I need this, I need this wrap tomorrow. I, it's super important. Okay, I'll stay till midnight, even though I got two kids at home that, that probably need me more. Yeah. And uh, like you find yourself succumbing to those things, I think a little too easy sometimes because we all, want to keep everybody happy and want to help them out and help in situations and so i'm going to challenge you all with a question then in one word why do you do the grind just one word yep growth that's what 
growth. I can't stand not, I have this fear that if I'm stagnant and I'm not growing, that I don't know what's going to happen, but something bad. <laughs> I, you know, it's I growth. I yep. don't know how not to grow. I want to grow, whether that's personal or business. Mm -hmm. I just want to no, grow. That's an awesome. One. I would second that. I'm the exact same way. It's like grow or die. Yep. <laughs> I feel really shallow over here because I don't. <laughs> I say clients. <laughs> Clients, to see your clients happy, to see them know that you have a good hand in their opening of a new business or their rebranding of a new business or, you know, just to see their face of when their signage goes up, it's great. You know, I don't know, like, I don't know how to summarize in one word. I'm sitting here, like, thinking of a dictionary <laughs> and I'm like, um, like, the two things that come to mind is that, like, I don't know any way else to do it and also that... If I'm going to spend time out of my home, away from my family, away from the things that you love, um, it better be worth it. And I don't really think me as an employee for somebody else would make any time outside of my home worth anything. And so I know some people look at you weird when you're like jumping in and back to work after you have, I, I thought three weeks was a short maternity, so you like blew me out of the water <laughs> with your three days. And people like almost look down on you like you're a bad mother because you like went back to work mm -hmm. after three weeks. But I'm like, if like I love what I do and I also love my family and you can love both things. But like I would not step foot outside of my home for a paycheck if it wasn't absolutely like what like I just everything in me craves like and, and that's why I keep doing it. It's, it's my time. It's the only thing to me that's worth being away from my family for. And if I was an employee, I think I would just have to sit at home and probably go on welfare. I, th I think you're a bit passion person. I was going to totally. say You know, especially after seeing the pictures from your golf tournament. Like, yeah. anything you do, April, is like, oh my God, you're passionate hilarious. about and you're all in. All when in. you get your husband to dress up in a Speedo oh, no, no, no. and Hulk Hogan, I mean. And, and he looked, did you oh see the photos? God. Oh my gosh, no. So my husband and I are the problem. Like, we're both all or nothing. Like, we're either going to, like, stay home or we're gonna go all out you know and so like if he's the Hulk Hogan dresser upper like that's not me but but same same idea like it's passion it's like you gotta go for it like don't do it partly like yeah. do it or don't do it at yeah. all. and you definitely can't you can't not go all in as a business owner yes and you realize that very quickly mm -hmm. so. okay yes. let's finish up we have one more question for everybody uh, What's the next big thing in each of your businesses? What are you working toward? Um, what are you passionate about right now within the business? I want to hear Trisha's story. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that was a, I read this question and it's something that I've been asking myself for the last month and I'm struggling with it because I don't know and I usually know. And that's troubling to me. You know, that's really, uh, and I'm asking, and I'm, we're doing this process too with our agents and saying, what's well, just one thing you can do today, this week, this month, this year, um, that will make things easier or maybe even unnecessary? What can you do? And I've kind of been using that refining question to just say, what is it that I need to do to, f to move forward? I'm at a little bit of a loss. We had two, three very big years since we, my sister-in-law and I bought the company in 2018. We've doubled the size, 
doubles, almost doubles the revenue, not the profits. Um, <laughs> um, we've built a building and all of a sudden it's all done. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I was just climbing mountains and all of a sudden I'm at the standstill of now what? And that, I've never been there before. I've always, you know, I'm very goal-oriented, so I'm going to reach this goal, reach that goal. But I've always had, I've always had the next goal in mind. And I do have some things in the back of my mind, but I think I have to give myself permission to just refine what I currently have. And I have to say, oh, and I sh maybe I shouldn't say this in public, but... My sister-in-law would probably kill me, but I come to this brand new building and it's beautiful and I love it. But then there's this moment of, that's it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, the journey it's done. The, the journey is done. I mean, like, well, now what? We're stuck here. We owe a mortgage on it. Right. <laughs> so, I'm so, in deep shit. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, but it is a feeling. I. I don't, I, maybe I, I've probably had this feeling before, but I've never had it at such a level that I'm a little lost yep. and I am seeking and searching. And my husband and I have been having these constant conversations of what is it you need? What is it you want? And so we've, I've just been doing a lot of soul searching because quite frankly, I've never been here before. I think, I think you bring up a great point. Trisha, because I think, and even how I asked that question, as soon as I, as soon as you started speaking to it, I'm like, oh, there's a whole other direction on that one. Because mm -hmm. I think some people are always looking for the next big thing to add or do. And I think some people, when you hit that point of exactly what you're feeling, need to go the other direction of what do I already have that I need to yeah. focus on and strip the things away from, yeah. you know? Yeah. I honestly think too, like I hit that point at EOS too, like right where you're at, where all of a sudden it was like, that's it. Cause you know, like we kind of had a similar path of like moving into the building. It's like your big, hairy, audacious goals. And then you have them and you're like, well now what? And then it is, there's a lot of refinement. And then I sat and thought like, what am I supposed to do with myself now? And I tried some things on that didn't fit very well. So take your time. Okay. <laughs> that's my no, advice. No, that's good advice. Yeah. That's really yeah. good advice. Um, yeah. I would say, like, um, I have been trying to figure out, like, how everything that creatively inspires me and, like, the things that inspire me with my work, how do they all tie together? Because I do have a lot of different branches that I want to tackle in a lot of various ways. And in the past, I've experienced that that's not always the best thing because it's two way different. And um, a couple of different things that, that we want to work into is that I am trying to delegate myself out of it to the point where... You can, instead of being the big fish in the little sea, like how can you be that little fish back into the big sea and like start to think about like, I don't think as like North Dakotans, we're all conservative. We don't think to ourselves that we could be big. Like you could, mm -hmm. like, can you be a big enough impact to leave, you know, an impression, not just locally, but more on a profound level. And like, how do you like take what you have and bottle it up and share it with other people? And again, like I have to take the financial piece out of it because that doesn't inspire me to move forward like oh you'll just like mailbox money just sit at home and take checks in the mail like that would make me feel awful not awful but like it wouldn't it wouldn't inspire me to like no, keep wanting a business of any kind like that I would I'd probably just sell everything the next day because it would just annoy me which is really weird but um, 
I think about healthcare as a whole, and I think about what we do for our patients locally, and what we're doing for um, the profession as a whole by like really trying to elevate our whole profession by educating everybody, um, or bringing in educational opportunities. And I'm like, this could totally be big scale. This could be something that's franchised out. Um, I have a lot of refinement to do before we get to that point, but I think focusing in on the refinement of everything so that I can like say with every bean to like anybody that wants to start a business, like you should start my business. You're like, you'll be awesome at it and it'll be another extension of what we are um, on a bigger level. And, and quite frankly, like I really want a podcast because and, I, and I've gone back and forth on this, like, is it work-related? Is it CC's-related? And quite frankly, like, like we've all talked about today, like, what we do is such a relationship. Like, like every one of my patients, every one of my coworkers, every one of the people that we collaborate with in the community, it's a, it's a relationship. And I think people need to hear relationship stories like this um, because we don't always want to learn something. We don't always want to be coached. Like I drive so much and like everyone wants to like be the number one life coach and tell you how you should live your life. But like we're not all cut from the same cloth. We're not all supposed to be the same. You're supposed to find what you are and like take that to where it should go. And so I, I do want to take the creative thing and and do some podcasting about, you know, people within the health industry, like people that do it differently to make the world a better place. And whether that's within healthcare, business homeschooling your kids like whatever it is like you can learn from other people that you didn't expect to learn from just by hearing different perspectives and I think that's that's what I'm probably most excited about right now because it sounds so much more fun than refinement of what I have <laughs> <laughs> no doubt your podcast would be entertaining we're on the same boat on the as far as the refinement side really refining everything down to fine-tune proven process and procedure and um in maybe taking that on a larger scale than just locally. Um, but then also another big thing we want to focus on is more of the consulting side of things. Um, growing a little bit of value in our industry and what we do and helping clients to like new builds, for instance. You're putting up a new building. Well, the sign is like the last thing people think of on a new building. And by the time the sign goes up, did you get backer up where it needed to be? Because you need, you, know, you need a three quarter inch backer at least to attach the sign to. Um, do you have electrical ran there? Because all those things are going to cost you more money when it's all said and done to, to put the sign, or, you know, to, to get your sign. So what can we do to help you in the initial process, whether it's with a contractor or an architect or whatnot, to have that already figured into your plans? Because then nine times out of ten, a sign comes at the end, last thought, over budget, already over budget, so we're going to skimp on the sign and get half the size. Okay, but what does half the size sign do for you? Does it people go, oh, there's there's a real estate place or whatnot? Or uh, sorry, just no, looked at you and I thought real estate, but uh, <laughs> they they have big beautiful signs, so they're not my uh, my example here. But um, or do they do they see it and go, oh, Century Twenty One Real Estate? I wonder if they could help me with my with my stuff. You know, um, big beautiful building. Who's in the big beautiful building? Not, I think that sign over there says real estate, but I'm not sure. Eh, keep driving. You know, I. There's, you see a sign for a bakery, but you're, the, the, the colors and, and the, wrong, the wrong things on the sign will make you go, is it, is it a pet bakery? You know, <laughs> what, what kind of bakery is it? Because that's, so all of those things matter. Am I buying brownies or am I buying brownies? They're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? And uh, 
there's there's so many variables that go into it that don't get thought of until the very end. You know, you see you see the big banners out on a construction site. It's got every logo for every single part except for the sign company. Everybody always waits till the very end to get quotes from a sign company, and then they're mad at me because it's too expensive. And you're <laughs> just like, well, I'm already over budget. Yeah, but that's no. the thing is, I don't have any money left in my budget. It's got to be cheaper. And yeah. you're like. And one of our things we try to do is we try to give everybody the best price right off the bat. We don't want to negotiate. We're not out to make a ton of money off of you. We're out to help you grow your business, to help you be successful. And um, so we think that by getting into the ball game at the very beginning when you're planning this and having that already set in your budget, everything's already taken care of. Your contractor knows the electrical is going to be in there, the wiring, everything, the switch isn't going to be in the right spot. Anything you need is already covered. So when the time comes, the building's to that point, the sign goes up and just seamlessly everything comes together. And so your brand is known, your brand is shown, and it gets you great marketing value. Like our, our plug line, get noticed, be remembered, you yeah. know? Well, no doubt marketing works. You know, uh, last summer we were driving past Lakes Country and we were going by a Dairy Queen and my daughter saw the Dairy, four-year-old saw the Dairy Queen sign and she goes, hey dad, that's where the ice cream <laughs> so it's like if you don't if you think you don't need a good sign you're yeah. you're sadly mistaken it's kind of like i can't even watch a baseball game anymore because like behind home plate oh just sign dairy queen sign dairy queen oh. dairy queen dairy queen <laughs> and then by the end of it i'm like well i guess we're going for dairy queen you know <laughs> so, yeah. and you know like april like you're a well-established business everybody knows where you're at you know when you when you do that point you may signs maybe not be as important but there are specific industries where it is crucial especially Absolutely. when people don't know who you are and you're new to the area what's going to bring them in the door mm -hmm. yeah it can make or break your business right absolutely and I, and I see it we take signs down too we don't just put them up we take them down and it's really sad sometimes because yeah. you you kind you um you know a big part of it when you're taking it down and it's just it's a bummer because it's an investment and we know what we all know what it takes to to come up with the money and the time and all that to put it together so you hate to see anybody fail you hate you know you just Sinks. Yep. Awesome. Well, some phenomenal tips, ideas, um, great stories around entrepreneurship, business, the journey, which definitely is not an easy one. That is yes. for that is for sure. It is not for the faint of heart. Put it that way. Yes. So, uh, okay. Where can everybody find you? Whether it's your business in the Bismarck Mandan area, whether it's online. Yeah. Um. So we are on Front Avenue on the corner of Front and Washington. Um, you can find us online. Sorry, quick tip. You want to say your business name too because it is audio, so they'll want to, we'll cut it so you say, oh, I'm part of CC's. Here's where we are. Oh, okay. Oh, I see Sorry. that. Okay. So you can find CC's Physical Therapy um, at 207 West Front, so just on the corner of Washington and Front in Bismarck. And you can find us online at ccsbismarck.com. Um, we are on Instagram and Facebook, which is slowly being ramped up. <laughs> I can speak for that too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Century 21 Morrison Realty is at 1142 West Turnpike. You can see us on the interstate and on that exchange. I usually tell people, you know where the stadium is? Because everyone knows where the bar is. Okay. Totally. So we're like, okay, you can see our sign from there. So, uh, and we're at c21morrison.com. And uh, please stop in anytime. And our lovely uh, conference room is available for the community and we do have a lot of people using it so it is yeah. um, absolutely we'll be, we'll be it's really good to know yeah. yeah yeah we'll be in there tomorrow with april's team so yeah fantastic resource for the community yeah. incredible you want um 
Bismarck Sign Company, you can find us on Airport Road. We tell about 90% of people coming. We're back behind Fastenal because for whatever reason in the contract world, everybody knows where Fastenal is. <laughs> um, also, uh, BismarckSignCo.com. And as far as social media, you're probably sick of us because we tend to probably spend more time than we should flooding, flooding the gates of Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. But uh, we think there's no better way to get get out there than to you know I'd rather someone be like oh I saw Bismarck sign co everywhere but when they need a sign on the back of their mind so absolutely yep you can do mine <laughs> <laughs> no I don't want anymore it's overwhelming <laughs> well a huge thanks April Trisha Alex Jen for hopping on here today um, like I said whether anyone's starting a business in a business um, even just around high performance even just man being a parent and trying to balance Thanks again, everybody, for listening. And with that, uh, don't forget to follow me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Patrick Metzger Coaching. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, to the episode. Be sure to subscribe to rate the podcast. Uh, show notes for everybody for CC's Physical Therapy uh, Century 21 and Bismarck Sign Co. will be found uh, on the website at patrick-metzger.com. Make sure you check out the podcast page. And lastly, take a screenshot of today's show. Uh, tag some of the guests. Tag April, tag Trisha, tag uh, Alex or Jen um, if you share this on social media or wherever it may be. So until next time, though, I want to remind everybody to own you and the journey.